0: Let us not be mistaken. Holy Week confronts us with the most wretched moments in all of human history. The awful, gruesome, unfair, and unjust condemnation and death of God. And thank God for Easter Sunday, because if it had all ended with the death of Jesus then it truly is all over. As the Apostle Paul tells us, our faith is in vain and this world remains a cold, cruel place. But before we get there, that is to Easter Sunday, let's first ask, how did we get here? How did we arrive at the place where Jesus, the Son of God, has come to be crucified? The one who healed the sick. The one who Cast out demons, the one who raised other people from the dead, the one who has just made his triumphal entry into the holy city Jerusalem, even as the people cried out, Hosanna to the Son of David. If you're like me, when you hear today's gospel, it's painful. It evokes a visceral kind of response that wants to cry out, make it stop. Even Jesus himself prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now, we all know that we are going to die. But here we're talking about Jesus the incarnate Son of God, and not only did he know that he was going to die, he also knew how he was going to die, and worst of all, he knew why he was going to die. And he was going to die because you and I, we, were going to do our very best to kill him. What had begun in the Garden of Eden when we broke fellowship with God would now come to its culmination on a cross of crucifixion at Calvary as Jesus bore on his back the fullness of our human hatred directed at God. And it's almost unbelievable, except that it happened. Moreover, it confronts each of us with a very subtle temptation. What if I had been there? What would I have done? Surely I would not have done those things to Jesus. Only the text and the reality of sin tells us otherwise. For that crowd that did cry out Hosanna in the highest when he entered the holy city just one week later was calling for his crucifixion before Pilate and Herod, demanding that Jesus be killed while asking for the release of a murderer. Imagine that. And even the twelve whom Jesus himself had chosen to faithfully follow him had now abandoned him during his trial and his suffering, and Peter, his closest friend, denied had he ever knew him three times. Now the story serves to tell us that if we had been there, we would have done the very same things that they did. For as the Apostle Paul tells us, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and further, that the wages of sin is death, and not just the death that we ourselves die, but when we sin, we put others to death by every perverse thought, every foul word, and every evil deed." And as we sin against others, we are, in fact, participating in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ himself, for to spurn others is to reject the God who made and loves us all. Father Charles and I were talking this last week, and we were imagining what it might be like if we were sitting in front of several television sets, watching just some of the evils of the world as they were happening in real time. And just to make it personal for a moment, imagine if we ourselves could look into another person's heart and mind, even as we ourselves were saying or doing something hurtful or harmful to them. It would not be a pretty picture. At some point, probably sooner than later, it would be more than we could bear. At some point, we could no longer sit there and watch it. At some point, we would feel compelled to do something about it. At some point, we could no longer tolerate the condition of our own heart. We would want someone to come and save us from ourselves. And at some point before the foundation of the world, my friends, that's exactly What God did. Before God made the heavens and the earth, Jesus knew exactly what he would have to do. To save us from our suffering, he would have to enter into it. To show us the full weight and the full measure of our sin, he would have to let us take it out on him, the very son of God. But here's the amazing part. More than just knowing what he had to do, Jesus was willing to do it. Why? Because each and every single one of us bears his image. And because of his great love, his mercy, and his grace, he is simply unwilling to leave us subject to the pain of sin and the peril of death. 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah prophesied about these things, declaring, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. But he was pierced for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and by his wounds we are healed. Yes, we did that to him. But yes, he endured that for us. And because Jesus was willing to endure suffering and death for our sake, and in view of his glorious resurrection that we are about to celebrate, my friends, here is the simple invitation I would like to offer to you this morning. As the Bible says, the cross is the demonstration of God's love for us. Let that soak in for just a minute. The cross, Paul says, is the demonstration of God's love for us. The cross is what opens up God's forgiveness to us, and all we have to do to be reconciled to him is simply put ourselves in the story to admit that I crucified him. I crucified him because of my sin. You crucified Christ because of your sin. We all participated in crucifying Christ because of our sin. All we have to do is to accept his love, his mercy, and his grace in view of that, and all we have to do is to amend our lives through repentance and faith. This is where I want to leave us this morning. There is nothing, there is nothing you have done that God cannot and will not forgive. There is nothing you have done that God cannot and will not forgive. That's the measure of his love for us. You give him your sin, and he gives you himself. That's what this Holy Week is all about. Put yourself in the story. Give him your sin, all of it, And in return, he will give you himself. To God be the glory now and forever. Amen.